Hey everyone, and welcome back to Infinity Watchers. My name is John Payerchin. I'm joined here by Jared Zafranco, and we are back after eh, a quick little little week off, um, and we are ready to review the new Disney Plus series that is premiering um, in just a few short days, Loki. We're going to get back on a more steady release schedule. The past uh, two or three weeks have been a little hectic between both of our personal schedules yeah so it's been hard to find time to record and edit and release these so we're gonna try and get these back on a weekly basis especially with loki coming out next week oh absolutely and this is going to be an easy one to talk about (laughs) i'm very very excited for this to get underway but before we do that you know, we, we've the past few weeks, we've been doing a uh, fan cast of the Fantastic Four. We had planned before Loki had aired to to kind of do our full casting of the Fantastic Four and give our picks for the entire family. Basically, um, we did we did scrap that for now, but we will be covering it um, at some point at some point in the future. Um, this week, given all of the additional news we we had in the lead up to this recording, you know, like the Eternals trailer, obviously more Secret Invasion casting as we have every week. So we we are pretty swamped with the news. We're just gonna cut the fan casting for this week, I think, so we can we can really give uh, this news the the proper time and attention that it deserves. Uh, so with that said, um, Jared, do you want to jump straight into the news? Uh, yeah, we can. So last was it last Monday, I believe mm-hmm. there was uh, there was the Eternals trailer that finally dropped, and uh, I saw a few complaints online about this. Believe it or not. <laughs> Uh, the biggest was that uh, it didn't show enough of the plot, didn't show any story, didn't show any action, but it was a teaser trailer. Like it was only meant to show what the tone of what the tone of the film is going to be, and what the uh, what the characters look like, what the cast looks like, and basically what to kind of expect. I don't I don't know if we're going to get a plot driven yeah. trailer for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, this basically just set the tone for the entire or for what the film is going to be. And this is exactly how I pictured it. Um, I've mentioned before about Chloe Zhao's directing style and her visual style, uh, her influences. It shows that this has some... It, it, you can still tell that there's a uh, there's a Marvel flair to it, but this definitely has Chloe Zhao's fingerprints all over it. Yeah, it has a very distinct look. I mean, when you stack it up against some of the other MCU properties that are, you know, more more cosmic, like Captain Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy, they they all have their their distinct look, and this is no different. And you know, visually looks just really like it's going to be really pleasing to watch all the natural vistas and and mm-hmm. shots that Chloe Zhao was able to capture, and to to have the CGI elements of the trailer not look out of place against those backdrops, I think is impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, what I found interesting was I the, the song that plays in the trailer is "The End of the World," performed by Steeter Davis. It came out in 1962, and I had heard that song before and never really paid attention to it until this week. I listened to it a couple times and looked into the lyrics. Turns out it was written by Sylvia D when she when she was 14. There's some there's some dark history behind this song. It was uh, written out of the sorrow she had about her deceased father at the time. And uh, it's it's really a breakup song. And the whole ethos of it is how can the rest of the world go on when mine is ending? So I'm really interested to see how that if that plays into the Eternals in one way or another. A fun fact, this isn't the first Angelina Jolie 
movie to use that in in a pivotal sense or in a pivotal oh, really? scene. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I don't think it, it's no accident that they picked this song to play in this trailer. Uh, and Ramin Jawadi, mm. who's also known for Game of Thrones, and he also did the score for Iron Man. Mm-hmm. This is it, this was his remix of the song. Oh, interesting. He's coming back for the score on this one too. So oh, they're really? just they're just piling on the Game of Thrones fan. Yeah, the, the Game of Thrones uh, cast and crew into mm-hmm. this uh, into this one. But that's what I was saying about uh, Angelina Jolie. It, it, the song uh, was used in a, a movie called Girl Interrupted from back in the late nineties, and it played in a very pivotal scene that involved a suicide. Um, it's really hard to watch, but it it fits very well. Um, it's, I mean, Jolie's even in the scene. Uh, but I I'm wondering how much of this ethos of the world ending or the idea of the world ending plays into the Eternals because we we saw the world end in Infinity War in one way, mm-hmm. and the fact that who was it that says we've never interfered until now? It's pretty obvious you didn't because like world like thanos came and destroyed the universe half the universe well you guys did nothing about it did you just expect the avengers to be able to do this i I just that's what is a little odd so um one thing about that that line specifically like we have never interfered it it was like preceded by them talking about how they exactly interfered (laughs) they're like we have guided we have watched we have mentored and it's like showed them like creating water building cities and then it was like but we've never interfered and i'm like kind of seems like you did but okay (laughs) um you know speaking on the song for a second i can't take credit for this because i heard it online um or read it online and there's a way to kind of read into this song in kind of the way you you have been saying you know that the end of the world may play a plot point in this mm-hmm. um i mean superhero movies always have stakes like that right it's the end of the world but i think this song might hint to something more specific if we read into it a little bit more so in the in the comics the the eternals are basically guiding humanity during a a 50 year period where the celestials have let it known that they're coming back to judge earth in you know they they communicated we are going to judge earth in 50 years and you know humankind needs to be ready for for their judgment right to see if they're worthy otherwise we'll destroy them because that kirby was in (laughs) in a lot of this kind of stuff yeah i mean in the comics the the celestials created um you know three races on earth that created the eternals um they created the deviants Mm -hmm. And they created humans. Mm-hmm. So this looks like it might play that a little bit differently because it looks like they're just kind of arriving on Earth and they weren't created on Earth as they were in the comics. But well, it has been confirmed that the deviants will be the villains in this. Yeah. So we know we have that aspect. Um, and we've seen concept art of the the Celestials and have seen them on other um, MCU projects like Guardians of the Galaxy before. But, you know, with this judgment period, the Celestials are coming back to judge whether humans and earth is worthy of their love so the line in this song like don't they know it's the end of the world because you don't love me anymore oh yeah okay that's makes you kind of wonder if you know this was chosen because of that like it's that's they know the world is on a timer because the celestials are going to come and judge judge humanity 
And maybe maybe it turns out that the actions of the Avengers and time travel and everything like triggered the Celestials to come early or something. I don't know. I mean, they they outright reference that this is after Endgame where they say um, it's Richard Madden's character. I, I'm not going to be good with character names on this one. Mm. Um, Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. Says, well, with uh, or no, it's not. It's not Icarus. It says it. I forget who it is, but. They say that um, with Stark and Rogers gone, who's going to lead the Avengers? So it's obviously after Endgame. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right. I, I liked that read of it where there's the Celestials coming down to judge Earth and humans for what they've accomplished. And the Eternals have been the ones that have kind of guided them along in these ways. No, they've never directly interfered with what could happen. But is is Thanos a, a Celestial or is he a... I forget what he's considered. He's like a half eternal, half deviant. Okay. But I, I don't think they're going to do that in the MCU. I think they'll, I don't see a reason that they would. Cause you almost have to wonder if, if we're now dealing with the celestials and with the, and getting more into the cosmic areas of the, of Marvel's universe that they have to touch on that in some way that that the Eternals have to and the Celestials have to know who Thanos was. Yeah, I'm sure they know. I don't think they're going to go the route of like actually connecting them by blood and saying I, I think it's too much legwork for not enough value now that, you know, we're, the, the sun's kind of set on Thanos, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think there's much value in going back to him. And it probably honestly, like if you did a flashback and showed him interacting with the Eternals, like as one of them or something in the past, it probably would just cause a ton of confusion for the general viewer. And okay. just, it, it seems to me like something that would be a lot of legwork to have to explain it for like very little value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, who knows who's to say, but either way, I think the song choices, you know, lyrics aside, it just gave the trailer a really cool tone. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. And, uh, this i mean this we don't there's been speculation as to who kit kit harrington it will be portraying uh they've confirmed they've confirmed have they confirmed it's black knight it's dane whitman yeah black knight okay they they haven't confirmed whether he's actually going to end up being the black knight persona in this film Mm -hmm. um i would assume yes but you don't there's no way to know until we see it happen They've shown like concept art of all the all the Eternals, and we haven't seen anything for for him. So it could be a little bit more of a set up glorified cameo type thing. Oh, okay, that's but, that. I mean, that's pretty reasonable. He was briefly in the trailer. Yeah, I was just about just to say we got shot. a very brief glimpse. <laughs> like like you blink and you miss him. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely missed him the first five times I watched it. Yeah, but I'm excited for this. I mean, it was enough to get me to get me going and to get me thinking of what what could be in store what could happen i saw one review of it that was like this looks boring this looks bland there's nothing here but again this is a teaser you're not going to get you're not going to get much out of it yeah they're going to play their cards close to their chest on this one especially with how risky it is in the sense of we're dealing we're now dealing with one of jack kirby's like most beloved clan of characters mm-hmm. especially and, with the celestials yeah and this uh, this series can get very strange very quickly mm-hmm. and if it's not done correctly and i think with the right hand and with the right 
voice and with the right tone, mm-hmm. something like this can be done where anybody can understand what's going on. Yeah, and I think they it's kind of like Shang-Chi in that there's not a huge swath of people that are massive Eternals fans going into this, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I would say in recent years since they announced they're doing it, probably more because people have gone back and read things. Mm -hmm. But it's not like a Spider-Man or, um, you know, at this point, like a Captain America or an Iron Man where people understand what these characters are about they have expectations going Mm -hmm. in it's almost a a little bit of a blank slate for them to work with like they can tweak things from the origin they can tweak things from from the comics and they don't have to worry as much about backlash um so i think this could go go different ways and i i do understand the criticism from people who might expect it to be more action heavy i think you know going in with chloe Zhao, you should kind of understand that it might be a more contemplative and Mm-hmm. and thoughtful film than just your typical like cgi slugfest right um but i can also understand that viewpoint like given that our first trailer for shang chi was pretty action heavy but that also is you know very explicitly like a martial arts movie so well, you that, that, i think that's what i was getting at was right. that with with something like shang chi you kind of get an idea of what this is going to bring it's going to be you know that shang chi is a is a master of martial arts Mm-hmm. In, in one form or another with the eternals you don't know much about them you just mm-hmm. i mean we're talking about celestials deviants eternals and humankind and what humanity has done for the universe versus what they haven't and that that could get pretty weighty and pretty mm-hmm. and pretty itchy to delve into yeah uh without it and i think you need something that like you and i've both been saying that needs to be contemplative thoughtful reverent and like actually wants to get into the weeds yeah so i mean that's i'm excited we got that look at eternals after getting the tease in the uh in the phase four sizzle reel it was nice to get a a more comprehensive look at it and definitely definitely looks visually distinct and i'm really really excited to see some more so segueing on to our our next news story very smoothly and very nicely uh shooter mcgavin has been cast in secret invasion so the the actor's actual name is uh christopher mcdonald um and the the article i found um you might know christopher christopher mcdonald um he's probably most well known for his role in happy gilmore as shooter mcgavin which is what i referenced there um but it seems this role that he's cast in um could potentially be recurring um, and he could show up across multiple properties and it's potentially a new newly created character for the MCU and not something that has been lifted from the comics. Um, So uh, doors wide open on what that could be. It could just be some scrawl. Um, It could be a sword agent, shield agent, one of whatever Fury's doing. (laughs) I mean, um, McDonald's getting up there in, in in age, so I would assume he's some sort of agent or some sort of director. Yeah, he would I can't have see to him putting on the prosthetics at a point. Maybe he's voicing Mephisto. Oh, maybe. <laughs> or he's oh. Reed Richards. Let's let's not get into that today. But yeah, anyways, not not too much more to to get into on this one. It's just a, an interesting casting, you know, as as they all are with Secret Invasion, and it, this could series you know we say it like every week but it continues to be probably the most intriguing property like you just have no idea what way this thing's gonna go so that is uh 
that is the secret invasion uh casting segment of the podcast for the week um next we had another mcu film rap filming and that was thor love and thunder and this was confirmed um, via chris hemsworth and taika waititi's instagram post um and we got to see a set photo with uh hemsworth's massive biceps that he has basically were they, were they uh they photoshopped looked, they look fake they his arms fake. look fake like they look too they look too long to be like human arms they're like thicker than his legs in that picture <laughs> they look like like they look like tree trunks growing out of his yeah. torso like i have never seen <laughs> arms like that before either at that length or that size I wouldn't be shocked if they're real, but his um his brother, I think it was Liam, commented on it as well. And I saw this in a story, like talking, like his his comment said a lot about like expansion and expanding. So I think I think he was like joking <laughs> at it being photoshopped. But it's just subtle enough to make you like it's not subtle at all, but it's like, it still makes you question it, and that kind of just everybody Hemsworth physique, right? Every comment I have seen on it has been about those arms specifically. That yeah, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I can't tell what what are you doing, Chris? Stop it! Are you the uh, the the costume outfit he's in also looks really cool too? <laughs> big fan of big fan of everything that's going on with. With Thor, Love and Thunder, that's and for sure. with Waititi, I'm assuming is is dressed up in some sort of outfit. Uh, Korg would be wearing, uh-huh. but it's like this big bushy, like ghillie suit looking, yeah. looking thing that just makes me question what the hell is going on. <laughs> and even in the post, he said, "I'm so excited to share this because this is the most insane thing I have worked on." Yeah, like I know we keep hyping it up as to how crazy it's going to be. I'm just wondering if we're overhyping it to an extent. I mean, uh, at this point, know. at this point, with TD himself is saying this is the craziest thing I've ever done. Yeah, but is that too much? I don't know. I really are, are don't we know. Set, are we setting our expectations way too high, or am He's I the at, one doing it, or am I setting my expectations that high? So that is the the wrap on Thor: Love and Thunder. Cannot wait to to see that one. It's going to be. It will be a wild ride. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, that it is. I, I don't know. I, I just don't know anymore. I almost don't want to talk about it anymore because I'm just mm-hmm. I'm getting myself too excited, and I don't want to overshoot my expectations. Yeah, or, or oversell That's them. That's fair. <laughs> maybe Dude. we should have a. Maybe we should put a, a blocker on the words Thor, Love and Thunder for the rest of the show until it comes out. <laughs> So that that actually uh, is kind of a nice segue to to talk about the number, the sheer number of projects that Marvel Studios has in post production. The Thor: Love and Thunder is joins as the latest one, but now with that, there are ten projects in post production, which is pretty insane. You know, all in different degrees of post production. Like you look at Black Widow being listed as one of those 10, which I don't think there's much post-production being done there. It probably was done last May. I mean, marketing falls into post-production. Marketing and release Mm -hmm. typically falls into that category. So it's just wild to see how far we've come, you know, over an 11-year period, getting what, like 23 movies? And now at one single time, they have 10 projects in post-production. It's just unbelievable that's insane to me that that tells that also tells me that that those 
uh, editors and the visual effects teams are working overtime right now to get all this mm-hmm. out out on the 5D schedule, which is just absurd to me. Well, um, think about ahead. it this way: by by mid July, we'll be four properties deep into Phase Four, <laughs> and Phase Four just started in January. <laughs> One division: Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Loki, Loki and Black, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> we'll be, be passed. We'll be waiting for property number five. What and, if? Yeah, six months in. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like it's just breakneck speed, and that's what allows us to do this podcast. Yeah, it <laughs> does. So much to talk about. It does, and if I mean, if COVID didn't happen, we probably still would do the. We probably still would be doing this podcast in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it wouldn't be at the breakneck speed we're about to jump into. <laughs> Well, on a on a bit of a end news on a bit of a a downer, although it's probably not super significant. Um, Paul Bettany did reveal that his contract with Marvel expired, so his his appearance in WandaVision was his last contractually obligated appearance. Although I would expect him to turn up in Phase Four at some point. Um, I doubt that would be in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So. Um, we're probably looking at holding that one till Avengers five or, or something. Maybe if there's, um, you know, he still has some beef and some, some story beats left with sword. I would think so possibly secret invasion. You wouldn't be surprised to see Paul Bettany is the next casting in secret invasion, um, <laughs> but we just don't know. I mean, we do, we, we just know vision will be back and he will be played by Paul Bettany. Yeah. All, all he has said, and he told the playlist, this is, I don't have a contract. I don't know that. I don't know that at all. So whenever he was talking about his future as the character. So mm-hmm. it's, it it's, there's almost no way to speculate on anything with this. It's just, we're just trying to get out there that, he's up with his contract is up this last round of press he said is basically is an emmy push for wandavision Mm -hmm. um so it's just a matter of time before either we find out he's not coming back and they got to do something with white vision or just leave that story thread hanging out there or we find out he's been signed on to another property and he'll be in x amount of properties afterward i think i recall an interview from pre WandaVision where he said that his contract had expired with Infinity War and that he thought when when they were pitching WandaVision to him and he got called into the Marvel Studios office, he thought they were just gonna tell him like, Hey, you're you're done. We killed you off. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but then they pitched him the series and he was he was on board for it. Um so it might have been I a think, one property. I think he's just playing coy <laughs> personally. Maybe. And I think he just doesn't want to reveal because it to me, it's like I can't remember the last time Marvel just signed somebody for one picture unless it was his wishes. And if it's that that's the case, then I'm a little bit afraid for his future. But if that were the case, I don't think they would have set up White Vision either. Well, I wonder I'm thinking about this more. I wonder if you know how like when when Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth were all originally signed on, we got the numbers ahead of time of how many yeah. pictures they were signed on for. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe he has, maybe does have a contract in mind or he's his agents in negotiations with the studio right now. Mm-hmm. And they're just not releasing the number anymore like they used to. Cause I mean, that was always one of my biggest gripes with the studio was they would say, 
Chris Hemsworth has signed on, or I'm sorry, Chris Evans has signed on for six pitchers. And I mean, we, I mean, at that point, we know what he is and isn't going to show up in. We have an idea of what he is and mm-hmm. isn't going to show up in. And when three of those are Captain America movies, we know what, like, <laughs> and one's, two of them are Avengers crossovers. Like, it's, it's fairly obvious at this point. And I hope, I am praying we get away from that, or the studio gets yeah. away from that marketing push because it just annoyed the hell out of me. And with Bentney saying this, it does make me wonder if that he's just throwing out there. I don't have a contract or he's saying he's just, he's just saying I don't have a contract or he's saying, I don't have another one yet, but you won't know Mm -hmm. the details of it anymore. Yeah. That could very well be true. And I think part of that too, is probably that the contracts got a little bit more complicated with Disney Mm -hmm. plus like, they're not going to say I'm appearing in four upcoming properties. I think they would, break it down and be like you know they're signed on for you know two appearances in a disney plus series and three appearances in films mm-hmm. or something like that you know so I, I i just think that you're probably right and they're not releasing that but i think one of the reasons is because it's not just movies anymore that these characters are showing up in but interesting nonetheless that about wraps it for the news this week always exciting to talk about a new trailer that's for sure. Yeah, hopefully we'll get some more here pretty soon. Hopefully we, yeah. might, we might get a legit one for what if. We, it, that, that, yeah. that show's supposed to come out in a month and a half. We don't have anything on it yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting a little nervous about the August release date for that one. Um, but we'll see. I would I would guess we'll know in the coming weeks. Um, probably next week we'll get a date for that. We almost have to. Uh, Maybe they'll wait until Loki's start at the air before starting to build the next hype cycle. Maybe. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we're um, putting a little too much weight on that show, too, being that it's just called What If. It doesn't really have any weight on the rest of the MCU, mm-hmm. so they might not be putting a lot behind it at the moment. Especially because, if you think about it, we have Loki starting up next week, Black Widow coming out in the second weekend of July, they're probably going to start the marketing push for Sean Chi then being that that's Labor Day weekend. Right. So this might be one of the series like the, uh, the I am Groot one that just kind of gets thrown onto Disney plus there might be some plugs here and there for it, but I don't think we're going to get a full blown ad campaign like we have been with for Loki. I kind of feel like we are going okay. to and the reason I think that is I, I read an interview um, and I didn't throw this in the news this week, but um, it's probably worth discussing in, in this, in this sense. Um, I read an interview with Jeffrey Wright, um, who is playing the mm-hmm. watcher who's playing mm-hmm. Watu and, and what if, and um, I guess spoilers question mark for, for what if, um, if you're, if you're trying to avoid that kind of thing, but um he did mention in the interview that there is kind of a bit of an overarching story to yeah. what if behind the scenes with the watcher looking into these. But he also says like he, he has like the watcher has revelations as he's going through these different realities and looking at them. So there, it seems like there's, there are going to be implications and I don't think it's a coincidence. We're getting this series around the time we're really, digging into the multiverse stuff very heavily so i i think there could be some connections um 
what those are. I don't know. It could just be a cameo by the watcher in a film upcoming. It could be we in the multiverse of madness. We pass through one of the what if realities in live action. I think really could, could be anything. Was Watu the one that um, whenever uh, we saw Stanley's cameo in guardians Two was he the one that they were like pushing in on or supposed to be pushing in on? It was implied that that was him. Or was that just one one of the... Mm, I think it was just okay. a watcher. I, I don't think they they confirmed that as Watu. Because I'm just wondering if... I mean, we're, we're delving into speculation here. But <laughs> if this character hasn't been shown in the MCU at large yet, if this is just going to be its own multiverse series where it's not going to have any impact on the rest of the MCU at large. These are just going to be individual stories that are told. And I've Mm -hmm. mentioned this before, but this would build to the, the idea I believe is that they're building to what they're calling the guardians of the multiverse Mm -hmm. that we're not going to see show up in the MCU and in either the, in any of the live action Disney plus properties. Or, I'm sorry, Mm. we're not going to see show up in any of the live-action MCU properties. Oh, so you're saying like an animated multiverse series beyond What If. That's pretty interesting. I like that thought. It could be. I I definitely do expect... We'll still be talking about it regardless. Yeah, I I definitely expect the Watu to cross over into the, the... live action verse i think once he's introduced in but, what if it it would be easier to bring him into a live action being that he's a, mm-hmm. a watcher that can essentially cross over into different realities at least mm-hmm. that's what's implied then that would make sense right. but as for because I, we're not going to i don't think i don't think the the implications of t'challa being abducted by the ravengers is going to have any any impact on earth sits one sits <laughs> in this right. case especially because they can't get chadwick boseman back to to continue that yeah i think if 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 there's any implication for the mcu that we know it would just be from bits of that overarching story and from none of the individual what if mm-hmm. verses i guess yeah. you know what i mean so i think there's potential for like smaller references to those in a movie like multiverse of madness like just kind of a, a scene like, you know, when Doctor Strange is getting thrown through the multiverse and in Doctor Strange one and he's passing through all these different realities, like the one with the hands all over the place and and the, the Kirby-esque dark dimension, uh, something like that, where he just quickly goes through somewhere and there's a brief cameo by Haley Atwell as like Captain Carter. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like something quick yeah. like that for the individual verses, but for the for the overall like introduction of Watu and what he's trying to accomplish and the things that he understands as the series go on, goes on. I think you might see some implications for the, the prime MCU and whether that could just be character building for Watu for when he's introduced and it's not as, uh, you know, you don't have to explain as much as you would if you didn't have to introduce him. That's probably mm-hmm. what it is, but we'll see. But at the end of the day, it's just a vessel for them to tell weird stories. <laughs> yeah, really. Really, so. that's, that's the cynical way of looking at it. Is it's just mm-hmm. a, another property yeah, to I pump mean, out. Uh, and, I mean, we'll see. It, I'm excited for it. It, it, could, yeah. it could honestly... I know I keep sending my praises toward the Eternals and 
Thor Love and Thunder, but this could genuinely turn out to be one of my favorite things that the studios put out. If it's Yeah. I mean it's gonna be yeah. fun. It's the MCU with no guardrails, yeah. right? Like just which I've whatever. Been, I mean, again, I keep saying this, but we got Thor Ragnarok that the guardrails were mm-hmm. kind of bent on that. Uh but right. <laughs> this truly is just is just truly um artists getting to tell different weird scenario stories in one-offs that don't mm-hmm. have any real weight that we know of but i don't know yep. i i don't mean to speculate on one if too much but there's a lot there is there's a well, lot there definitely well what if we kick it to our topic which is the preview of loki you know, I texted you earlier this week and said I started God of War for the PS4. Mm. It's no, it's no ads tonight. I started it this, around this time. Uh-huh. No, I've been, I've legitimately been waiting three years to start that game. Now that I have some time, I'm actually playing it, and just so happens to coincide with Loki coming out. Great, I love it. <laughs> just building Perfect. on those, just building on that, uh, that Norse mythology even mm. more. So prior prior to the Loki series, we wanted to test something out, and we decided to do a bit of a, a little book club before the series. Um, so Jared, you and I, you and I read through uh, the the Vote Loki run uh, from 2016, uh, issues one through four. There are only four issues in this in this series, um, but essentially this is a this is a story where Loki decides to run for. Uh, president of the United States. Uh, just so, just so we're getting credits out of the way uh, and properly attributed. Uh, it was written by Christopher Hastings. The artists on it were Landon Foss and Paul McCaffrey. Uh, the letter was Travis Lanham, and the colorists were Chris Chuckery and Rochelle Rosenberg. Excellent. Thanks for that. So, what were what were your thoughts on this series? I thought it was fun. Um, yeah the it definitely was a product of the very different world i feel that we lived in in 2016 hard to believe that was Um, five years ago (laughs) yeah i mean that it feels like a a a what if verse almost (laughs) but i i enjoyed it it was fun i liked loki's character in it um but at the same time it was hard to get past some of the parallels they were trying to make and i thought they fell flat a little bit well, the entire time I'm reading it, my mind kept saying this was written in 2016. This had to have been written in 2016. There's yeah. no other way this was written any other time or even after 2016. It and was, yeah, go ahead. It, it was smack. I looked it up and it was smack dab in the middle of the election cycle that they wrote. And, and yeah. Published this. It, it, it both like told you it was post Trump, but also pre, um, post-Trump running for president, but pre-Trump winning the election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so, some of the parallels they make almost turn into predictions they tried to make that didn't pan out the way that they predicted them. Mm-hmm. Like they, they had the, uh, the, there's a point, you know, full spoilers for the series, by the way, oh, we're yeah. not going we're, to, we're, we're not, we're, we're, we're going to talk back. about our thoughts, story beats, you know, everything that this is um, meant it's to essentially be. A a, talk. Essentially a full, essentially a full blown review of the series. Right. Yeah. So, talking about the parallels it, it it felt almost like you could pinpoint exactly when this was written <laughs> like at the point where trump was running and everyone ridiculed him right mm. so there's there's a point towards the end where loki basically is holding a town hall and 
someone finally decides to ask him about a policy like his health care mm-hmm. and he just says oh you know when i i haven't had time to think about it when i get there i'll i'll you know i'll have a full plan for you and that does not work for loki and <laughs> and the his his base turns on him pretty quickly because he doesn't have uh, a real platform or a real plan for anything well they turn on each other because the yeah. the woman who asked the question said mentions universal health care and yes. another person goes that's not what i wanted <laughs> yeah yeah so at the end of the day that felt like a prediction they tried to make about how trump's candidacy was going to go um because he kind of was the same type of candidate like not establishment not one of these people um that that were he's running against and he essentially was the same way like had no concrete plan for anything at all no and when he got called out on it it just strengthened his base somehow (laughs) like it didn't cause divide it didn't like turn people off of him it just made them more excited because like i guess you know plans are are for the the establishment (laughs) i guess but when you're but when you're president you are the establishment like i don't understand that mindset i don't mean to like i don't mean to go too far into this and we don't need to go on on a trump rant here but like, I don't understand if, say, I'm going to use Loki here as a placeholder. If Loki gets into office because he's the fun candidate and because people are fed up with the establishment, like he is the establishment at that point. He yeah. is the politician that's supposed to get policies passed through Congress. Yes. Like when you say I'm not a politician, you're saying you are a politician. Like there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he I, I think. Loki even makes a uh I'm gonna make him I don't think I don't know if he said America, just like make the country sane again or something like that. That's and what it, it was. Felt, yeah, I think he said make the country sane again. Um but I I mean just looking back, it's hard to sit through something that was like a parody of real life and knowing know. that real life played out in a way <laughs> that almost felt more like a parody of this. <laughs> right like it's it's just i don't know it it definitely felt like a product of his time it's time right before you got on or when you got on you said you had to finish up the last few pages and first thing out of your mouth was turns out he was a parallel for gary johnson the entire time exactly yeah because he he like reveals that he just wanted to split the vote or something and and, (laughs) it's it's never implied who it's 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 not implied who it's for one side or the other but he was just there to split the vote for one of the two candidates yeah so it does kind of it does kind of become open ended and warts in a way that you're right does like show that they had some foresight into this odd ball candidate is going to split the vote one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some interesting seeds that made me want to read some of the the Loki stories that surround this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, him talking about him being the god of stories now instead of the god of mischief. And he mm-hmm. was reborn and like all this crazy comic stuff. But he, he was born in mississippi i think or something yeah like, yeah where he is a born american yeah in this well i think i was like what okay i i, I wanted to i wanted to d- dive into that a little bit more because i think the the implication was that he is a no he is not an american i, I mean he gets called out on it that you're not an american you're not a naturalized citizen you cannot be the president of the united states but the way he explained it was that I am a Norse god, <laughs> but my story has been told, retold multiple times. Yeah. This version of me was born in the United States. 
So it's he's almost like oh, an entity. It's meta. It's like, it's yeah. almost meta of I've been I've been alive <laughs> for thousands of years. The version of me you see right now is an American naturalized American citizen. Yeah, I guess at least that, that at least sense. that was my look. Yeah, at. that was I, my take like, on it. I like that read. It's almost like this is what the writers wrote me as for this run, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. The only the only time in the in the art that or in the four issues we get reference to another comic is whenever it's Jane Foster's Thor, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's Lady Jane Thor. That's Jane. Okay. Yeah, Mighty Thor. Uh, We get Jane Foster's Thor reference the politics on Asgard, and there's a little (laughs) box that says "Read these issues of (laughs) of the Mighty Thor" for uh, for context. Um, which I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back and get into, but we we will we will hit the Mighty Thor in one of our uh, previews for um, Redacted. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna start putting bleeps in there for that that title now. Yeah, I mean, I I have already read that one, but I am excited to read it again. Um, not the whole run, but I read the first twelve issues or so. Um, okay, but yeah, that that was um that was an interesting addition, and Angela as well. It looks like she's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy at this point in time too, because we get the little cameos from Rocket and Groot towards the end. Oh yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We did. I, I, I it completely went past me. It was just one page. Yeah. Um, another funny thing that happened uh you know due to the the timing of me reading this and some other things that i've watched recently is um seeing j jonah jameson and hearing jk simmons voice paired together is just <laughs> omni man <laughs> right like he looks so much like, like j jonah jameson kept, did you I, think I, that too the entire time i was watching invincible i'm like that's that's jameson that, that yeah. is jameson there is mm-hmm. no he's got the mustache he's got the square head like, yeah the haircut is exactly the same yeah there is it's no even... other well what what i found great about it and this came out before this series came out before the spider-man game yeah was that the i mean the j jonah jameson we get in the spider-man for ps4 is a conservative talk show host yeah and we did it here too Mm-hmm. As a as a concern, instead of being instead of being Rush Limbaugh, he's now Bill O'Reilly. Right. So yep. I, I just I I love the fact that this is where these writers have known where to take Jameson, like from like the sixties all the way up mm-hmm. to today. Like this is what he would be doing now. Yeah, definitely. I, I think just I don't know that this is the first um, comic run I've read since watching Invincible, and I just could not could I, I can't I, anytime i anytime i read anything with jameson in it it's always jk simmons in my head so <laughs> now after watching invincible it's just like i the pairing of that voice in my head and the look of J. Jonah jameson just takes me straight to omni man that had to have been on purpose there's no yeah, way there's no way um, I, I did see side note i did see that the director of mortal kombat 11 wants omni man in as a downloadable character oh my god there's been some fan push for it that'd be amazing <laughs> they want there's been some some like a fan campaign for it and he said oh, he's not opposed to, to it that needs to happen <laughs> anyway Absolutely. uh we don't have topic there for a second but um yeah it just it this whole this whole series I don't know. I, I overall I liked it, but to me, this seems like something you would give a high schooler to be like, "Hey, here's what a cynical look on politics looks like." Yeah, 
like this would be a good piece of material for a for a high school civics class. Yeah, I mean, of it, this is it definitely is very cynical. And I'm, I mean, the fact that uh, Loki just outright says, I mean, he's in disguise at this point, but he just outright says, "Oh, they're not really selling what the people want; they're just selling stories of what the people want." Yeah, that's the most cynical thing I've read in a very <laughs> long time, but it's very true in it my is. eyes. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I think politics um, in general are cynical, especially now. Yeah, well, definitely. <laughs> Maybe now. it's just we're getting older. <laughs> they've, all, I think, they've always been cynical, but you're definitely more idealistic as a younger person for sure. Um. <laughs> I think also, you know, you and I are coming hot off the heels of uh, watching Bo Burnham's Inside, so <laughs> that also makes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't that think was we a... need to talk about that one, but no, um, no, we'll talk about that another so, day. So, question about vote Loki mm-hmm. as we as we head into the Loki series, we've seen trailers that have Loki in a suit with the vote Loki <laughs> pin, so it looks like at some point. A, a Loki is going to run for something. Do you think this is the Loki we know? Or do you think he is in a universe where Loki's running for president and his job as TVA is to like stop that variant of himself? Oh, that's a good question. I I ooh, I want to say it's the latter, or there is a Loki running for for office and he is sent in by the TVA to stop it. I mean that's a yeah. pretty that's a pretty worn out uh a worn out story but i think i think they should have fun with it they could they could get a little creative with it um oh that's that's a good question no i think yeah. i i definitely think it would be the latter my i i think the way this series is going to go is i think that for whatever reason they've selected the tva has selected this loki and we're kind of going to hop around a bit with him going to different different Loki variants and stopping them one way or another, either capturing them for the TVA or, or something. Um, and I think some of the Lokis we've seen in, in these different uh, trailers, I mean, we've seen him in many different <laughs> like costumes, outfits. Like I, I almost wonder if they are the variants, like the DB Cooper Loki Loki mm-hmm. is <laughs> Like uh, some, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I kind of feel like that would be a nice like thread to to have him go around and stop other versions of himself. That could be kind of a fun, a fun little uh, adventure. I just, I wonder though, being that TVA is trying to fit the timeline, how much chaos did did this version of Loki cause when he moved from one timeline or moved out of his own timeline into another? Like there's there's no way that the, that him moving out and taking the tesseract would cause six different timelines or seven different timelines, does well, it? Well, maybe they maybe the TVA recognized that, and he's this is why this is the version of Loki that they that they pulled that they pulled. I mean, the only I don't know that necessarily he that that decision caused all the things that he's fixing in this. I think it's just Loki is pure chaos. <laughs> so to stop other versions of Loki from being extremely chaotic, they had to have Loki be the one to stop them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's just he's just pure chaos for the TVA because he's so unpredictable. And maybe Loki is even like this figure in the TVA that versions of him are something they can't predict. 
So they constantly have to stop versions of Loki from deviating from the prime <laughs> timeline. Or and anytime it, there's or a deviant, it, it just causes chaos yeah. amongst all of the other, yeah, all the other timelines. That's like Loki due to his nature and being like mischief and chaos. I'm just coming to this theory now, but it definitely makes That's a lot good. of sense to me. He 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 is this figure that's very unique in the multiverse to where the TVA cannot predict him. He causes just mass chaos across the prime timeline. They're trying to, pre- they're trying to preserve anybody and else. He has could... to go to like trim the, trim the hedges basically on the, on the tree. Anybody else, they should possibly risk getting out of their own timeline, but because he cannot be predicted, they, they can't allow that. That's yeah. interesting. And the only well, one I that wonder... can predict him is, is him. <laughs> I wonder if he's sent, if he's sent around to uh, stop other Lotis, <laughs> is this almost like a Red Dead Redemption? Have you, have you played the first Red Dead Redemption? I have not. Okay, well, I'm going to spoil it. It's like it's fine. It, it's almost a decade old at this point. Yeah. It, where um, I can't remember the main character, John Marston. Uh, yep. it, yeah, where John Marston is required to go collect bounties on his old gang members for mm-hmm. the U.S. government. I want, and then in the end, spoilers the u.s agents that had hired him end up coming in and killing him in the end so i wonder if like this is a way like they tva uses loki to do their dirty work and then they end up turning on him at the last minute what if (laughs) oh uh, okay what if that's true but they also have done this time and time and time again (laughs) like they just keep they just keep grabbing Lokis to go and fix different timelines. And then as soon as they become like too unreliable, they just eliminate them and grab another one. <laughs> Their work will never be done. Uh-uh. Every time they pull one, it causes another rift somewhere else. They have to pull. The TVA is established exclusively to grab Lokis. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Like it, this show that could, could be a could... neat little, like neat little twist to it all. Like the TVA exists solely to stop Loki from causing chaos everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> which makes you wonder: like, is is the the timeline that we know the the prime one that the TVA has worked to preserve? Uh, I'm just kind of curious as to what what timeline they're trying to make happen, what what they're trying to force to happen. Well, it sounds like they're just trying to keep the timelines in order because they it seems like they acknowledge that there are multiple realities. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the one shot in the trailer, you see a screen with like three different lines, and one and two of them mesh whenever it shows that Loki took the Tesseract and mm-hmm. um and left. And I mean, the Ancient One in Endgame even shows it whenever she's yeah. showing the the stones take one out, and it causes a rift in time in that specific timeline. So I wonder if it's not necessarily they want to force something to happen it's more we can't have multiple timelines merging with each other what what i'm kind of wondering about that specifically is so the tesseract technically never was plucked out of its timeline into another like it just continued to exist in its own timeline which is now different from the prime mcu that we know because the tesseract doesn't let you travel through time it's just space so he technically right. jumped in within the same yeah, you're right. in the same timeline somewhere else. So that's what makes me think that they grabbed him just because like they need him to, to stop other things and whatever timeline he was heading for, he wasn't really necessary in. 
that variant of Loki. Yeah, that's very true too. I, I think they have a lot of explaining to do <laughs> because if they if they wanted to just prevent like keep our with the situation we were given in Endgame where Loki steals the Tesseract, if their main goal was to preserve the prime MCU timeline that we know, would they not have just blipped into where the Tesseract was like out of the box and on the floor before Loki grabbed it and just put it back in the box? <laughs> like, couldn't the TVA have just jumped there, done that? Well, Assuming that they is, could jump. I mean, that we is, don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is the prime MCU that they plucked the Tesseract out of. Because the event or um, the team went back to 2012, and when they were extracting Loki, or when Loki was being extracted from the tower, that's whenever the whole incident happened where he disappeared. So that tesseract, the tesseract, could never be put back in its proper place at that point in the timeline. So that did create an alternate time. That did create an alternate. Branch. Well, no matter what, no matter what happened, the second that they went back and appeared in time, a new timeline was created. Right. So now there are there are two timelines that are created, right? So they go back to they go back to 2012. Tesseract disappears. They go back to the 70s to the base. Yes. And steal it. Yes. So that they, creates Cap, Cap fixed the one where they stole it from the base. Right. Presumably. So there's the one after the base yes. where there's the one. Oh my God. They, they basically, well, the, the one timeline isn't effed up. So they didn't care about trying to fix it because Loki stole the Tesseract, but he stayed in that timeline. Right. So that's just a new timeline that, you know, has to deal with the implications of Loki not being captured at that moment. Not the, they don't have to deal with the consequences of missing an infinity. stone. okay. So if the Infinity Stone was missing from that timeline, which it might be now if the TVA grabbed it with Loki. It probably. <laughs> so I don't know. Because don't he, know. Just, he just kind of pieced out with it and disappeared. Yeah, we don't know where he goes. Like it, it, The trailers are, have been cut in a way to make it look like he's laying in sand somewhere after that, but I don't think that's the case. I, I think there's something else that happens. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, have, I have a hard enough time trying to de- decipher timelines on my own let alone having it's nothing against you but having somebody explain it to me like i need i need a visual aid to like show the timeline yeah uh, i mean like, like the the easy way to think out. of it is they created eight timelines yes whenever they pulled all of the stones out yes there are yeah. the the six where they successfully got the stone right the one where loki got away mm-hmm. and then the timeline where one of Hawkeye's kids is missing a glove <laughs> when they did the test run and he took the glove oh my God. back as a, as proof. <laughs> so that's a separate timeline from the prime MCU now <laughs> because they interfered with something. Um, so anyways, that's more of just a joke. Uh, but seriously, that is an actual timeline that is not MCU one. And it's just one of uh, Clint's kids is, uh, down a baseball glove <laughs> <laughs> but any of the timelines where they did not remove an infinity stone and bring it back to the present is not like in grave danger of collapsing which is right. how i understood it like if steve did not go and put those stones back and i don't even think he had to go back to the exact moment it was taken i think he just has to um put them back where put they them were. in that timeline 
somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So um, that would prevent the timeline from those timelines from collapsing. And that's how we understand time travel at this point. Like we're going to get more in Loki and we'll get more of an elaboration and they can maybe redefine it, recontextualize it, whatever you want to call it. Maybe. Um, so I, I'm starting to, I'm starting to think tenant makes a lot more sense than this right now. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, they, we're dealing with the time variance authority. So if they don't have some like <laughs> definitive laws of time travel for us, then I'm going to be really, like, I mean, they're a bureaucracy. If anyone has the rules of time travel in <laughs> the, the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse written down, <laughs> it would be them. Yeah. Look, you've you got know what? I mean, bureaucracy would mean that they don't have it written down and it's in just one random person's head. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> actually, now that I think about it, <laughs> it it's it's in uh, Karen and HR's mind. You got to go talk to her to get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that, that, that overall is kind of how I'm seeing the series going. If I could throw some predictions out there, you know, basically I think, I think there are some Lokis that are causing timelines to the or trouble to the timelines. I think that Loki is some figure that the TVA cannot predict due to his chaos and, you know, um, um, you know, mischief for lack of a better word. Um, and I think they're going to send him on missions with, I don't know, with Mobius and Mobius or who have you. And so that I, I think is going to be the basis for the show. Um, and then I think, you know, we'll get some other weirdness peppered in. So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, this is, this, this is essentially their Marvel's version of Doctor Who, as we've been saying for a while, or quantum leap. No, actually to, inform my theory and this this definitely weighs into spoiler territory because i don't think this has been confirmed and is more probably more speculation um but maybe set photo based um about sophia di martino's character on the show Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you want me to talk about that or if you think it's too spoilery i was just looking Uh, we're we're just speculating at this point um so this is Wikipedia and I've, I've seen this thrown out as a possible role, but I haven't seen a definitive. Um, so spoilers again, it looks like Sophia DiMartino um, plays female Loki. So whether that is, you know, the Loki, we know just, you know, shape shifting into a woman for some scenes or whether that's one of the alternate Lokis that, you know, I've speculated will appear. It could um, be one of the alternates. She could be one of could the be alternates. Fun. Yeah. Could be a could be a fun uh fun dynamic for sure. <laughs> so what does this what does this show do for the MCU overall? I mean, we've talked about in the past how these uh Disney Plus series are going to create essentially character development and character arts for characters we we're going to see in the larger in the MCU at large in the movies, essentially. But are we going? We don't really need character development any, anymore for Loki. We we already mm-hmm. got a ton of it through the first Thor, uh, some of it in the Dark World, and even a little bit of it in Ragnarok. And I think it's enough what? to where we know what who this we know who the character is and what he can do. So what does this do? overall 
does this create I think character development for him or is it just kind of a fun one-off series so your points about character development are valid and that we've seen him go through the character development journey on screen but that entire journey was wiped out with this version so i mean we we oh yeah that's true that's have very a blank true. slate um, you have a point there. so i don't think they're going to hit the same beats right like we don't want to see him go on the same exact redemption arc that's right because right? this like, is I, f- I forgot this is still the same uh this, this is, is still Loki that just literally just tried to take over new york <laughs> right and we just like beat half the death by the hulk so um we don't i mean anything post that i mean you know the the spoilers for thor the dark world if you're concerned about that um <laughs> he hasn't gone through his the death death of his mother he mm-hmm. hasn't gone through the death death of his father he hasn't gone through his sister coming back um he hasn't gone through any of the the stuff on sakar so th- this is a a blank slate loki at his most evil <laughs> so and pure and the most chaotic yes do you think do you think we get a crossover with the dark world and Ragnarok then of him seeing his mother die and seeing his father die and his sister yeah turning you think there's some i do sort of crossover i think they're gonna that? i think i think what they will give him is the um basically like spark notes version of the prime loki that we mm-hmm. know be like hey this is this is what happened to you in the uh <laughs> If you if you didn't take that stone and it shows you know his redemption arc ultimately leading up to his death at the hands of Thanos, mm-hmm. um, and I think that will be a nice way to very plainly lay it out for the viewers so that everyone is on board that like see these things these did not happen to this Loki you know mm-hmm. like I I think I think there are people that are gonna want to watch this that will need that spelled out yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Because it, it, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to about this show that have said, well, I thought Loki was dead. And I have to go back and say, well, in Endgame, there was that yeah. one shot where he disappeared. It's a very, very quick shot. Like, yeah, where he disappeared. If someone was in the bath, if like a casual viewer was in the bathroom, they missed you it. You would never know it happened. If you sneezed, you might miss it. <laughs> like, like, yeah. It, it, I think they're going to have to say, you know, through the through the eyes of the TVA and through the eyes of Loki, the audience also learns that this is not that Loki. And mm-hmm. here is us showing this Loki what happened to that Loki. <laughs> right. As far as larger implications on the MCU, I think this is going to do a lot to flesh out um, the time travel aspects. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence we're getting this, you know, year-ish, two years before we get Kang the Conqueror. Um, I don't, I think he might, I've, I've said in the past, I think he may show up in this in a cameo. Um, but I'm not entirely counting on it. The only thing that made me suspicious was how far in advance of, um, the filming of quantum mania that they announced the casting. Mm -hmm. Um, it seemed a little early and a little suspect to me, but also this series probably has been done filming for quite a while. Um, yeah given COVID and, and everything. But I think this will do a lot to redefine time travel before we're given Kang and before we, you know, dive even more into that and, you know, lay out 
how the the time travel and the multiverses work together like do the multiverses exist without people going back in time or is time travel required to create these multiverses you know like is there is there some entity or is it the the what are they, the timekeepers, the space lizards they referred to in the last trailer in that are overseeing lizards, everything? Which, um, not to go on a tangent with those, but I'm kind of thinking now that now that we say it and we talked about um, Richard E. Grant and what his role could be, I wonder if he plays all three of the space lizards, <laughs> like in just a voice only role, because he has a good intimidating voice like that. That, that would be, be amazing. Mm-hmm. In each one's like a different personality. Yeah. I could see something like that. For I him. wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. That's a, that's a pretty good call. So, um, we'll see. I, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know where the character of Loki goes from here. I almost feel like this one, if it's going to be kind of a jaunt through the multiverse, is pretty prime territory for a second season. Um, it's really early to say that, but you know, more so than something like WandaVision or even Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think this one has the potential to be more of an ongoing thing. So I, I don't expect any tie-ins to um, Redacted, a.k.a. Thor Love and Thunder. Um, if anything, there may be some some tie-ins to Multiverse of Madness. You know, maybe we get uh, a glimpse at the reality that America Chavez comes from or something like that to, to kind of build plant the seeds for that. Um, but it's, it's really hard to tell. Maybe we get, we could get some sort of mention of the Scarlet Witch being a nexus being across the multiverses or the TVA being aware of her. I, I really, I really don't know. I mean, this one is definitely not as cut and dry. If you look at like the implications of the MCU, for really any of the Disney Plus series we know about. Like it it's pretty easy for for us to look at before before they even aired, like WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier as like, okay, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is clearly gonna set up Sam as Falcon and he's gonna go on to star in movies and you know lead the next group of Avengers, right? With WandaVision it was, you know, we knew going into it this was gonna be Wanda dealing with grief in some way and ultimately lead into her appearance in Multiverse of Madness. With Loki, it's like, what is the outcome of this going to be? <laughs> we have no have no idea. I mean, this one could just go in wild directions and could end in a, a very, very wild way, I think. I do want to mention something. I'm kind of scrolling through Richard Grant's, uh, Richard E. Grant's IMDb right now. It uh, turns out he played the Doctor in a TV miniseries of Doctor Who. Oh. Um, yeah, Stream of the Shulka. It was an animated series. Oh, interesting. So He was also a villain in an episode of Doctor Who, uh, one yeah, of the Christmas so, specials. So I, I don't think it's any accident that he was cast in this series of any of them. Yeah, yeah, very true. Sorry, I wasn't ignoring what you were saying, but no, I, I was just trying to trying i haven't seen him in too many things so i was trying to get i know the name uh but i was just trying to get an idea of what else i've seen Mm -hmm. him in and stumbled onto that um but yeah i i I won't disagree with you that there's really no way to tell at large um how this is going to impact the mcu other than introducing um time or time travel and time variants i mean that that all seems like a pretty reasonable 
prediction. Yeah, it it should you know help contextualize that and redefine it in a way that we just couldn't really spend the time in Endgame to do. <laughs> um, one thing that is really interesting though is the the showrunner for this and the head writer, um, I believe his name is Michael Waldron. Um, is also one of the lead writers for um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I know, I know, I, I do know that the studio likes to u- reuse some of the same writers on um, on its properties. So I wonder. Oh, he's also um, written episodes of uh, Rick and Morty. Okay, so, so that the- fits. <laughs> that fits very well <laughs> yeah like it, it very uh tva is very council of ricks-esque it is the more you <laughs> the more we talk about it the more i start to realize it is well what's funny and this could be our reed richards confirmed uh moment of the week but there's um there's literally actually a council of reeds in the in the marvel universe yeah that comics. Th- i believe that's what the council of ricks was based off of yeah mm-hmm. there's just a the massive like pool of Reed Richards <laughs> that you know solved the the secrets of, of the universe and stuff. So, and the director of the series is going to be Kate Heron, who had done uh, Sets Education on Netflix and really just a bunch of shorts before that. So, hmm. um, yeah, this is uh. So this is like her major um, debut. She's done a few TV series, one or two episodes, hmm. but um, this is her first time helming an entire limited series. So yeah, that um, I think that just about does it for everything we have to say about Loki. Yeah, I can't wait. We're at this point we're recording on uh, well, it's Saturday morning at this point, but Friday. <laughs> Friday night uh, before before the premiere, so we are one, two, five days away. Yeah, inching ever closer to the God of Mischief. Gonna be gonna be exciting. Yeah, uh, that it is. Happy we have the Wednesday premieres now that we're <laughs> now that we're closer to it. You know. Yeah. Don't have to wait as long. And my uh, my editing schedule appreciates that as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We can record a bit earlier than. Yeah, when when Falcon some uh, some inside baseball when Falcon the Winter Soldier uh, dropped on Fridays, we didn't get to record until late Sunday night, mm-hmm. and it really uh, it really put a damper on Monday morning, especially yeah. when we tried to get these episodes out by Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and I had to edit mm-hmm. two hours of two hours of audio in two or three days. Uh, yeah, and so, this is obviously a side project for both of us. We yeah, we're, we we both work <laughs> full time, and I started doing DoorDash this week, by the way. Oh, did you? Yeah, made forty five oh, nice. bucks today. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. How yeah, long did you do it? An hour and a half. Hmm. Wow, that's really yeah. good. One one guy, uh, he they ordered chicken from a pizza and chicken place up the road for me. Told it to him. The order came out to fifteen dollars, and then he looked at me and said, "You know, I could have done this, but you did it for me, so he handed me twenty bucks." Whoa, that's awesome! <laughs> so, yeah, it's, a good, it's a good time. That's awesome. So, between doing that and editing, so it's, it's a fun time. Yeah, and we're we're always trying to grow this show. If uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas on either what 
either the Eternals trailer or what's going to happen to Loki. If you've read Vote Loki and have your thoughts on it, let us know. Um, and if you have any thoughts or ideas on how we can help this show grow, send us an email. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, do, we our, have, do we have an all Instagram? Of our social. Yeah, but I haven't posted anything okay. on it. <laughs> More inside baseball. Our Instagram is not active. Um, but yeah, I, I think we, you know, we set up more clear lines of, uh, responsibility. So I'll be focusing more on the marketing type things. So, um, hopefully we'll be, we'll be, uh, getting some new content at you. That's for sure. But yeah, all of our, all of our socials are in the show notes. So, you know, definitely give us a follow. Um, we'll be, we'll be back, um, in a week's time to talk about Loki. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. Get ready for chaos. Yep, and we're excited as ever to discuss it with you. So, tune in next week. We will see you all then. Have a good weekend. Week, whatever you're listening to it. Bye. Bye.